0: Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang with you. It's time now for Why It Matters. And today we're talking about the global biotech sector and how it's flourishing. And according to Biospace, the total biotechnology market size is expected to grow from 852.88 billion U.S. dollars in 2020 to 3.44 trillion U.S. dollars by the year 2030. So that's a 10-year growth period. In Singapore, local biomedical companies raise more than 600 million U.S. dollars between 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 January and September 2021. And this represents a significant increase on the 464 million U.S. dollars raised a year ago in 2020, which in turn is a five-fold increase on the 86 million U.S. dollars raised back in 2016. However, Singapore, I know while it is well placed to emerge as a major player in the sector, it's got a few difficulties related to attracting and building a stable talent pipeline. And this is even as various agencies and stakeholders are stepping up efforts to address different facets of the problem. So what more can be done to fill up these talent gaps in the Singapore biotech startups? On the line with me this morning is Juliana Lim, Executive Director for Talent at SG Innovate. Good Good morning.
1: Morning, guys. How are you? Very
0: good. And uh, Evans, happy new year to you. As you innovate, you. of course, government-owned innovation platform in Singapore. You guys support entrepreneurship centered on the development of deep technology. Could you give us a bit of a broad picture and overview of the biotech ecosystem, especially here in Singapore? Apart from money-wise, how has it grown over the years?
1: Right, so guys, it's very exciting times for us, I feel. If you look at the report that we've just launched, the white paper around bridging the talent gaps in Singapore, you will see that's quite a big growth in terms of the number of biotech startups we're expecting from 2012 to 2032. So what we do have, we can see, is that our startups are getting to a state of certain maturity. The ecosystem in Singapore, as you know, is not the biggest, but certainly I think we do produce a good number of assets, quality assets, that we will see our biotech startups moving on from pre-clinical to clinical and even commercialized stage later on. So it is an exciting time for Singapore and for our biotech companies.
0: Yet at the same time, we have this issue of talent gaps. And of course, you guys have a report called Bridging the Talent Gaps in Singapore's biotech sector. A little bit more about some of the highlights of uh, this study. And, you know, I think more importantly, what kind of impact are we looking at here?
1: Okay, so I think what we have is time. If you look at the report closely, you would see that we have a good 10 years ahead of us before we reach a state where the gaps in terms of the talent that's required from the junior to the mid to the senior levels get a little bit more stuck Mm. and uh, the numbers become bigger. If we zoom in further into the report, we can actually identify what these roles are in advance. So if anything, I think Singapore, you know, we're in the right time, right space. We have the opportunity to grow the talent so that they'll be ready when these companies reach the stage that we predict they'll be in and I think that would give us you a know, great step it's quite interesting that you say that you know for Singapore we have a difficulty attracting talent and there's a late talent shortage etc in other ecosystems around the world so I've been to Boston and the UK and they're all clamoring the same thing and in fact they see Singapore is a great place to get talent <laughs> so, <laughs> it's ironic So they are saying like oh you know Singapore is a great place for talent um, you know, we can look at see to see how we can move talent across boundaries we are in a stage where we are maybe a little bit more mature your guys can learn from us they can go back to Singapore and you know be in a position where they should be to bring the companies up to that level so I think it's exciting I mean, if you look at it from a very micro perspective and it's countries versus countries then certainly I think it's a lose-lose situation where you're talking about poaching people across borders but certainly if you see it from a broader perspective how we're developing talent across various ecosystems that I think you know, the equation then becomes a little bit different and there's still hope at the light of the tunnel. Mm,
0: So I see what you mean there. Like, you have your start point of the biotech companies here in Singapore and the talent that needs to be developed. So it's not really a shortage of talent, but a need to develop talent by sending them overseas. Well, not come necessarily
1: back. overseas. Okay, sorry okay. to not necessarily overseas, but I think there are some positions in Singapore whereby we just don't have that many and right. we need to train folks. So if you look at Singapore's history, right, mm-hmm. back when we first started, we did send quite a lot of people overseas to get training, mm. right, advanced manufacturing, precision engineering, for example. Yeah, and my uncle was a beneficiary of that under <laughs> the old scheme. But yeah, so we are in a position right now where I think we can start developing our people. We need to give opportunities to our people to get those skills. Mm-hmm. Now, we are no one is born into a leadership role, right? Mm-hmm. So certainly there is time to grow them into those roles. And I think that we can do that in a more active and concerted manner.
0: I mean, you used the phrase, grow them into those roles. I'm curious, with regard to the areas that need more experience or more talent... Is it a concern when we look at it broadly, like uh, are they more senior roles? Is it something that's worrying or, or just a very generic type of talent
1: shortage? Okay, so currently what we're facing is more technical talent shortage where I it's see. more for the junior roles. Okay. So if you look at the report again, I think it's figure five if I'm not mistaken. The projected gap would, for the lower junior levels, it's quite steady state and pretty manageable in my opinion. Now, if we do not do something then to get these junior folks into roles where they can develop their various other skill sets into more managerial types, overseeing maybe outsource suppliers, vendors stuff like that, then you would certainly see that gap then broadening where these, if you remember earlier, preclinical companies then become at a clinical stage and even commercialized stage. So that's where I think for us, we need to actively see how we can develop or help develop these junior folks that we have now into more the managerial roles and subsequently at the C-suite roles. So as you know, any company, as they grow, you know, over time, they would require certain skill sets, people experience to bring that company to the next stage. So this is where I think we can actively look towards, you know, our very young biotech scene and get people ready for those managerial and the C-suite type roles.
0: Right. And that last statement there, these young firms, would you consider them as some of the stakeholders in this biotech ecosystem in terms of bridging the talent gap?
1: Of course. I mean, certainly they are in the position whereby I think uniquely if you work in a startup, you are in an area where you have opportunity to do many things, right, at mm-hmm. the same time without exactly going to certain depth. Yeah. So that's where bigger corporates, bigger, you know, mid-sized biotech companies come into play. And that's why I said that if you look at it from a very micro perspective, then it seems like a lose-lose for everyone. But if everybody came together, which, you know, we are hoping that with SG Innovate and the various holders coming together to do this in a concerted and synchronized manner, we will all be able to chip in and solve this problem together. In fact, I'm very heartened to see the smaller companies coming on board and doing something about it rather than turning to government you know, and asking what's in it for me, how are you going to help me, what's the latest subsidy that I'm going to receive, but they're also taking an active approach into how they can attract, develop and retain talent and that to me is a step forward.
0: Yeah, of course. And I think you've put it very well there because you have a vested stake in it. Why depend on a higher power to sort it out for you? Mm -hmm. And on that note, I I do want to talk about SG Innovate's role in filling up these gaps. I mean, what are some of the current initiatives being done to support the biotech sector's talent needs and perhaps what else needs to be
1: done? Right. So, certainly, I think if you, you know, go into our website, you see there's a plethora of programs from those that are currently still in school, the undergrads to PhDs, still in the universities, to those already working uh, with the right experience. So, for Ash Innovate, what we do is we kind of help deep tech startups look for the talent that they need. So specifically when someone asks us I need to find this talent we would drill down exactly what are they looking for and sometimes that's a big difference you know from where they started I want this kind of talent mm-hmm. to in the end where who they hire because they don't really get to see that whole range of talent that actually innovate in you know, or the position that we are in we see it I think what needs to be done you know Elliot, as you asked is that more people coming forward to say that we are willing to take a chance yeah. nothing ventured nothing gained so people need to remember that they have to sometimes you need to put your head out a little and try a little in unknown areas and experiment mm-hmm. so sometimes I feel that we are in a position where we are so caught up with wanting to make sure every single thing is a success, that we're so afraid of failure and that is I think a problem in the mindset because mm-hmm. in an environment where it's so new like in the biotech scene here we will fail, but hopefully not too many times. But certainly, it's the idea of it's an experimentation. We are trying things out. We are going to see how to tweak this to make it better. So, for our programs at SG innovate they always start out as a pilot. They always start out working with the companies in question, uh, not in some you know framework that we think would, would work best for them. But we get real inputs from the ground to say, okay, looking at your issues, let's see with other government folks that we have on board you know how can we make this better for you so that it makes sense for you and it works for the talent as well Mm -hmm.
0: you're basically talking about a cultural mindset shift and i guess that kind of goes beyond just one sector in singapore we should all have that mindset (laughs) shift that it's okay to raise your hand and it's okay to fail what can be done is is it a case of more communication is needed you need more people who have tried failed and uh, to come out and say it's okay because eventually you will find
1: success yeah, I think the most important thing about failures, you learn from it, yeah, right? No yeah. one starts out to fail. So the idea is you learn from those little failures and then you adapt. So I've met many CEOs who have told me in the past lives, right? They failed in their early startups, yeah. but they learn lessons, and mm-hmm. from that they can contribute to this current unicorn or whatever startup that they are in or developed. Like you rightly pointed out, it is a mindset change. What we need to create is a safe environment uh-huh. where people can experiment and mm. they won't be penalized if. You know, it doesn't go everything according to plan. That KPIs are met, for example, due to whatever reasons... So I think that is important that, you know, we not just say that it is a safe environment, but people actually see it is a safe environment. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I guess the uh, formative years, education also plays a part, but that's another can of worms to open for another day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been speaking with Juliana Lim, who's Executive Director for Talent at SG Innovate. I've appreciated this conversation. Thank you. Take care and have a great new year ahead.
1: You too. Have a good day. Bye.